This is Bigger Pockets Daily, and today, let's just jump right into the show. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. CPI report gives alarming inflation news. Is a recession next? By Dave Meyer. Last week, the Bureau of Labor released data showing the Consumer Price Index, CPI, the most commonly used measure of inflation, rose 8.6% higher in May 2022 compared to May 2021. This is up from an 8.3% reading in April and represents the highest year-over-year inflation figure in more than 40 years. Unfortunately, another high inflation figure shouldn't be a huge surprise to anyone. We all know that inflation has skyrocketed. We see it daily at the gas pumps, the grocery stores, and just about everywhere we spend money. But even as we all have come to expect inflation, the details of this most recent report were particularly bad. It actually represents an acceleration in rising prices. We saw monthly increases in the CPI average of around 0.7% for most of the last several months. Then in March, it spiked to 1.2% primarily due to the impact of the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the corresponding shock to the energy market. In April, things started to look up. While prices still rose, a monthly increase of 0.3% was the best print we saw in months and offered a glimmer of hope that inflation, while still increasing, was starting to approach a peak. Then May rained on that parade, While most economists believed inflation in May would grow around 0.7%, it was up 1%. 
which is a big step backward. In most of the last several months, at least one or two categories saw lower prices on a month-over-month basis. Every category in May saw increased prices for the first time since November 2021. This was a discouraging CPI report, and inflation will likely be with us for a while. So, the question remains, how and when will inflation come under control? To answer that question, we need to briefly review what inflation is and how we got here. First of all, what is inflation? Inflation is when the spending power of the U.S. dollar declines. In other words, prices rise, and you have to pay more to get the same goods or services. Inflation is a highly destructive force in an economy. It stretches the budgets of everyday Americans and makes it more difficult for people, especially those at the lower end of the socioeconomic spectrum, to make ends meet. It also damages the U.S. in terms of international trade and can cause other societal issues. It's crucial to contain inflation when it spikes like it's doing right now. It's worth noting that some modest inflation is considered a good thing as it stimulates the economy because people know, in normal times, prices will continue to rise a bit each year. They are incentivized to spend their money now rather than wait. For example, why would you wait to buy a car if the same car will be 2% more expensive next year? The incentive to spend ensures businesses can continue to grow. This is why the Federal Reserve targets 2% annual inflation. What causes inflation? A variety of complex factors causes inflation. But as with most economic concepts, it can be traced back to supply and demand. When demand exceeds supply, which is where our current economy is, inflation occurs. Right now, demand is up for two primary reasons. First, people want to do stuff and spend money again. After a couple of years of restricted activity, people want to travel, go out to eat, buy cars, and experience life again. It's as if all the pent-up demand from the last two years is being injected into the economy. Second, a tremendous amount of money has been introduced into the economy. This is known as an increase in monetary supply, meaning more money is moving around the economy. People are willing to pay more for goods when there is more money in the economy. Just think about it. If you had only a thousand bucks to your name, your willingness to pay for a sandwich might max out at $10, 1% of your net worth. But if you suddenly had $1,200 to your name because more money is injected into the economy, perhaps your willingness to pay for that same sandwich goes up to $12. Still, 1% of your net worth. Overall, demand is high due to the easing of COVID-19 restrictions plus a rapid and dramatic increase in monetary supply. These are conditions that make it ripe for inflation. But on the supply side, we also have conditions primed for inflation. Typically, in a healthy market, when demand spikes, suppliers increase production to meet that demand. This keeps prices relatively stable and allows the suppliers to sell more goods and generate more revenue. But, given the global supply chain issues we're facing, suppliers cannot scale up production to meet demand. Instead, the only way to moderate demand is to raise prices. Right now, we really do have the perfect storm of inflation, super high demand alongside constrained supply. What happens next? Many economists and analysts, myself included, expected inflation to peak, not stop or deflate, just slow down, sometime in the middle of 2022. 
mostly because supply constraints would moderate. The thinking was that as economies reopened, the supply chain would recover. While demand would likely remain high, suppliers could increase production to meet that demand, and inflation would cool off. Unfortunately, two major geopolitical events upended that hope. First, Russia invaded Ukraine, and dramatic sanctions were introduced. Removing Russia, and Ukraine in many ways, from the global economy is straining a supply chain that was already struggling. Secondly, China has continued to impose lockdowns to contain COVID, leading to lags in Chinese manufacturing and the production of goods. It seems that the May inflation report reflects this new reality. Demand has remained high, as most people expected, but the supply-side relief that was hoped for is not coming to fruition. As such, inflation is higher than it's been in over 40 years. This is where the Fed comes in. The Fed's primary tool to fight inflation is to raise interest rates. Raising interest rates reduces the monetary supply because fewer people want to borrow and spend money. As we discussed before, when the monetary supply decreases, so does demand. In short, the Fed is trying to curb demand through both businesses and consumers by tightening the monetary supply. This typically works, but it takes time and can have other negative economic consequences, namely a recession. As interest rates rise, people borrow less money to make big-ticket purchases like a new car or home. That reduces revenue in those industries, leading to less spending and layoffs. As for businesses, they are also less likely to borrow money and, as such, will purchase less equipment, hire fewer people, expand into fewer markets, and often have to lay off employees. This, in theory, cools the economy to the point where demand shrinks to meet supply at equilibrium. So that's where we are. Inflation is unacceptably high, and the Fed is raising rates aggressively to stop it. My thoughts? While no one knows what will happen, here are my current thoughts. Remember, this is just my opinion based on the currently available data. As the Fed raises rates, many parts of the economy will be negatively impacted. We've already seen the stock market enter bear market territory this week, down more than 20% off its high. And Bitcoin is down more than 60% as of this podcast. There are still roughly 10 million job openings in the U.S., but I expect the labor market to loosen in the coming months as layoffs pick up. With all these factors converging, I believe a recession will likely come in the next couple of months. That said, recessions come in many different forms. Right now, it's very unclear if it will come, how long it will last, and how bad it could get. I think that depends on if and when inflation comes under control. As for housing prices which I'm sure everyone here is curious about, I think there is a growing market risk. I've said for the last few months that I believe prices will moderate dramatically and could turn flat or modestly negative on a national basis in the coming year. Still, I think that by the end of 2023, housing prices will be plus or minus 10% of where they are today nationally. On a regional basis, I expect some markets to see dramatic drops, more than 10% declines, while others may keep climbing. All right, another Thursday episode done and dusted. 
If you're getting something out of this, please let us know. The best way to do that is to leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us improve the show. And five-star ratings help us climb the charts and reach more people with this valuable information. Thanks for doing that. And I'll see you tomorrow right here in the same place.